When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to play with pain. Hosted by Emmy-winning comedian and writer Jeff Cesario. Interviewing guests from comedy, entertainment, and sports. Plus, legendary sportscaster Chet Waterhouse. Don't worry, this shouldn't take longer than your average trip to Costco. And now, here's your host... Jeff Cesario. Welcome to Play With Pain. Man, we got to go in today. I am, am bothered by a sliver uh, in my finger, but either my producer, Gary, or I'm guessing my guest, Jackie Cation, may have some weirdo Wisconsin home remedy where you like you rub, you know, like trout oil on it or so anyway uh, <laughs> my guest today is a, a comedy machine she's online she's on twitter she's on stage the hilarious jackie case jackie how are you today i'm good do you have a lathe that's <laughs> that's just, oh that's always the question when i was a kid like well you what you, you know you don't want to get that out of there you, do you have a lathe yeah, okay no right. you just all right i'm just a standing saw do you have one of those? Just, and you're like, calm a down. A saw. Hell by. <laughs> We're going to dive into this and help my uh, help my sliver. We're going to talk Wisconsin, maybe some worse gigs, some other fun stuff. Ooh, I can't wait. Uh, but first, uh, Chet, are you ready for a sports update? Like Madison Cawthorn's ready for a silk teddy. Time for the Waterhouse Update sponsored by Auto Body Experience. Hover 20 feet above your car repairs at Auto Body Experience. NBA playoffs. Golden State takes a three-zip lead on Dallas, said Mavs owner Mark Cuban. We got just one guy scoring. We can't stop Curry. And for those reasons, I'm out. Luka Doncic scoring like Bradley Cooper at the Sundance Hooters. But to quote Cardi B, one man ain't enough. I think she said that probably somewhere in one of anyway added Draymond Green anyone want to give my mom credit for adding a D to the front of Raymond and making it the coolest name ever meanwhile Miami like that hustler in the parking lot who says he can fix your collapsed bumper for 60 bucks they just keep coming at you that wrap up sponsored by Florgasm the floor wax so shiny you'll shudder with desire NHL play Playoffs. Calgary and Edmonton in a barn burner of a series, said America. Could they make the puck bigger or something? NFL! The league wants to kick out Washington owner Daniel Snyder after sexual misconduct scandals, toxic environment accusations, and cooking the books, said Dallas owner Jerry Jones. Look, we all have sexual misconduct scandals and toxic work environments, but cooking the books, how dare you? That item sponsored by Lotions 11, the smoothest, most radiant heist gang ever. America's pastime. No, not missing dessert and calling it intermittent fasting. Baseball, Yankees and White Sox fought so often this weekend, they're booked on Dr. 
And finally this week in sports history, the year 1884, the place Chicago, Illinois, Chicago Browns one-armed pitcher Hugh Daly struck out 13 Cleveland players, said Daly afterwards, honestly, Cleveland is horrible. That Waterhouse Update sponsored by Dick Tucker's Women's Clothes for Men. Back to you, Jeff. Why, thank you, Chet. That was it. I like that one. That was pretty solid. Uh, listen, my guest today works so hard. She makes James Brown look like he's on a chaise lounge at Seth Rogan's. The hilarious Jackie Kasia. Jackie, how are Ooh. you today? You look fabulous. I'm good. I, I like uh, the <laughs> TikTokers. Uh, I like their sponsorship. You got to, you know, sometimes you got to row your own boat. Anyway, yes. um, that's, a, that's some, some analogy. I don't, I don't actually have all the information for. It's a very Wisconsin thing, which, which is one of the things that I want to hit on. You, you're from Wisconsin. We're both from Wisconsin. Both you have, Wisconsin. you have, uh, how much Wisconsin is coursing through your blood? Well, the weird, the weird thing about Wisconsin is I have lived in Los Angeles, low these 25 years, 26 years, long time, long time. Could also be interpreted as loathe these. <laughs> I love it personally, but weirdly nice. enough, weirdly enough, I, whenever people ask me where I'm from, I say Wisconsin. Uh, I'm not. I'm yeah. from here. I'm from Los Angeles. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, and I always say I'm from Wisconsin, but I live in Los Angeles. Hi, <laughs> I, I own a home. <laughs> My husband bought a house and then we married. And so I am part owner of a home uh, in so, Los Angeles, in where Los you're Angeles. paying massive taxes and thus should be uh, a, pr- a proud member of uh, of the state. And yet and, I, I do the same thing. Right? I'll just say I'm from Wisconsin because I think it gives them maybe a clue as to why sometimes I'm not there <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> right. It, it, you know what? It lends a certain amount of humanity to our lives. Yeah. I mean, when you say to people, I'm from Los Angeles, they picture, I believe, some wheatgrass and uh, possibly yeah. a lot of sit ups. I'm uncertain. But whatever it is, this doesn't yeah. scream. I'm from Los Angeles. When you yeah, look no, at- psychologically, if you say I'm from Los Angeles, the first thing people think is, oh, but if you say I'm from Wisconsin, they go, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's weird. And, and- they yeah. think it's a little weird. They're like, oh, my yeah. great aunt lived in Wisconsin for 11 days. <laughs> and then right. you're like, where? And they're like, oh, Appleton. And you're like, home of Houdini. Let's do this. And, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then you're off and running. Yeah, it, it does. It lends a certain element of weirdness. Woman came up advantageous. to me after, after the show last night. Woman came up to me and said, we're both from Wisconsin. And then now what would you say? If what? Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I said after, but I'm sure you said something comparable. Maybe not. I don't know. She said, "I'm from Wausau." What did you say? What would you say? Uh, Wausau. I would say uh, North Central. That's what I would say. I always I, try to geographically. Pin oh, it. do you geographic it? I go yeah. uh, to the ad that I heard when I was a child. W A U S A U USA in the middle. that's why the posse comitatus hangs out in wausau (laughs) that is that that today would be shot down before the pitcher finished pitching it in the ad meeting look guys it's w-a-u-s-a-u with you all right no it's too long sit down (laughs) please you're the one who's going to get coffee uh Uh, but yeah so now you grew up in milwaukee in the milwaukee area is that 
Yeah, a little, little factory town outside of Milwaukee, which is essentially just a suburb of Milwaukee or well, Chicago right now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that, that, especially back then, is completely redundant. Every little town between Chicago and Milwaukee, for the most part, was a factory town. Yes. Kenosha, where I'm from, Racine, yep. uh, South Milwaukee. Which is where uh, I'm from. Yeah. There you is, go. Yeah. It was uh, Besire Siri, which is now a caterpillar plant. Right. And employs hundreds as opposed to the thousands it used to. But right. that's fine. It made strip mining equipment. So how, how much are we going to, to mourn it? Though in right. the 70s, they did start making reclamation equipment, which, you know, create your own, create your own industry. I yeah, hey, look, they're trying to make amends. You got to hand it to <laughs> Cyrus Erie for that. Uh, uh, y- y- you could define my neighborhood and people cannot understand this. By how many factories were within like a, a mile radius of just my dopey little lower middle class suburban house, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then you tell them Kenosha when I was growing up was a 25% Italian, which people can't believe. And right. then B only about 70,000 people when I was growing up. Right. And I can name them. I mean, you know, there was American Motors was the big one. Yep. Then there was uh, McWhite Wire Rope. Uh, uh, there was triclover ladish. There wait. was uh, 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 what, what's wait, the uh, what's the tool? Was it yeah, triclover pronou- ladish? Yeah, yeah. We, okay. we pronounced it ladish. Just because. did you pronounce it ladish? Yeah. It's uh, maybe it was the Italian. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, ladish. Because we we had mostly Polish and German, you know. So sure, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Snap on tools. It, mm-hmm. it just goes on. I mean, there were there was there was like eaten. Manufacturing. There were six factories within walking distance of my house. Right. Well, we had um, what was the name of that place that my brother dropped out of high school and shoveled sand for a living for about a week, and then he was like, "I'm going to finish high school." And, uh, and this is not remotely unusual for somebody with Wisconsin ears. What was right. the name of that place where my brother dropped out of high school and shoveled sand for? Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. I, I, sure. It was. It was. I was, I oh, it was called Appleton Electric. That was it. It was Appleton Electric, and wow. then there was another place that my mother worked at for a little while that made neon signs called Everbright. Oh, and so wow. there was a, a neon sign factory on the outskirts of town, and sure. then BE was in the middle, Cyrus Harry, sure. and then Laddish was in Cudahy, and then um, but BE was so huge, like Appleton Electric. Yeah, there was a lot of sort of smaller smaller sort of machine shops and stuff yeah. um, that were just like, well, we make the bolts that we sell to the people. And you're like, good for you. It's and- impossible to explain the Rust Belt to anybody who didn't live there, that there were, a, there were a hundreds of those shops. Well, I live in Van the, Nuys. the widget that yeah. attached to the bracket that mm-hmm. somehow put your rear view mirror on your car. But right. And for some reason, they weren't mass produced. For some reason, they had to get seven <laughs> right. dudes to make that. And it was like, yeah. oh, hello. And it was a union shop. <laughs> so, <laughs> Of course, it was a union shop. That's why the, uh, the required shot of your crotch. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just dropped my laptop onto my own lap because the, um, I'm having a hard I, time. I, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing the the uh, neon sign factory was on the outskirts of town. Because it would have been too bright in the center. (laughs) (laughs) The weirdest thing about it is that it sounded so cool. You're like, oh, you make Coca-Cola signs. You make this, you make that. It looked like. It looked like it was it looked like something Henry Pym 
Like it was like the most, it was like windowless box of nothing. And it was cinder blocks. Yeah. It's right. Like Soviet brutish, you know, sort of architecture. And you're like, and it was a little too close to the to the lake, which made you just assume in retrospect that they were dumping it all into Lake Michigan, <laughs> whatever, whatever toxins, which is why the beaches were covered in alewives when I was a kid. Oh, and, me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, then, they, oh, then, wow. then the EPA got invented and um, and it's and it's better now. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. And I'm sure they called the insurance company and just got reimbursed for a million and a half uh, neon sign links. Yeah, those were always the kind of buildings where you go, oh, okay, I can see how someone could snap and just start making (laughs) lampshades out of people. (laughs) Right, right. A little uh, Ed Gein action. Yeah, I know my, my mother did not work there long. She was not, it was, my family doesn't lend itself to factory work. I don't know. I I don't know why it's just perhaps the pay was too good. We were like, there has to be another way to make this money. And uh, how can I say it was too good. Yeah. We were just like, there's gotta be a harder way to do this. There's gotta be a harder way to do this where I can also go for coffee three times a day. That's South uh, Milwaukee, baby. (laughs) Hey, that one's sponsored, guys, by the Dollar the Dollar Confederate Statue Store, and of course, Rocket City, the Jet Blue of space travel. Back to you guys. So, uh, do you start comedy in Wisconsin, Madison, or do you move? You start in Madison. Wow! By accident. I don't know. How did you? Did you start by accident, or did you? Did you? Was it purposeful? It was purposeful. I had a little. Uh, every time I would, I was drawn to comedy. I'd watched the tonight show as a kid and seen those comics. I'd seen Franklin Ajay on the tonight show. Tell this joke with that brilliant laconic jazz rhythm of his. He come. I never, I could not imagine the balls. He came out and he goes, this is way before Tiger Woods. He goes, I would like to see a black man join the game of professional golf just to add the element of speed to the game. And that, and he told it even slower. And I went, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I have to do that. <laughs> that's it. And then that's amazing. every time, every time I was in a comedy club sitting there watching, I, I would have to leave. I would have to go. I, I'm not supposed to be watching this. I'm supposed to be up there. That's, that's why I started. That is an interesting, um, yeah, I had we never watched. We listened to Zig Ziglar. We listened to a lot of motivational sure. speakers and wow. sales and sales pitch guys when I was a kid. And um, there was no the standard block house. <laughs> no, we, we had we had the old farmhouse in in a in a in a subdivision. Wow. So. Um, oh, so the last holdout that they couldn't get to sell. Right. And the, selling and my and father, you, you bought the house. Yeah. And my father. A little bit of siding, windows, doors. There's absolutely no reason why our screen door should have been ripped. There's absolutely no reason why we had the shittiest aluminum siding in our block. Anyway, but um, (laughs) except for that, my dad was like, hey, I got you a free microwave. Leave me alone. Anyway, so uh, (laughs) the first microwave on the block. So uh, at least your uh, dad said, leave me alone out loud. (laughs) Most of the dads in that area of the country never verbalized that far. No, no. The, the, the great thing about the great thing about my dad is that he will just be like, I. My brother Phil told me this. He said he asked my dad one time if he had any regrets, and without missing a beat, my dad goes, "No, 
<laughs> father has been married three times. He has six children. He literally cheated on my stepmother for nine years. And when he was caught, said, not nine years in a row. And you're like, oh, my God, you have no regrets. He was like, what would I regret? And uh, <laughs> wow, that's that is world class Southeast Wisconsin Hall of Fame right there. He's up on the American Legion and the uh, Let's Bowl uh, wall. He was, you know, he was in the he was in the Navy. He was a medic for the Marine Corps, and so he was in the he was sort of Which in the Marines, but he was in the that's Navy. like a month training. Is that for no, no? Those <laughs> those guys, actually... the 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 in real life, like the the. Those guys are like the heroes of the Marine Corps. The weird thing is that the Marines get their medics from the Navy and they're all part of the Navy department. So I get it. But my dad did not know that the Marine Corps got their medics from the Navy. So he was like, so I'm hanging out with Marines for like six years. This is terrifying. They're really cool guys. But I'm just saying, I don't I don't need to. (laughs) And then and this was in between uh, Korea and Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And when he heard about Vietnam, he's like, oh, I won't be reenlisting. Yeah, there's uh, yeah. no, yeah, there's no chance I'm going to <laughs> no, Vietnam. No. Yeah. Thanks anyway. And yeah, uh, right. he's like, I'm not going to go served, protect a bunch of recon Marines. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> served know. six years, but not six years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> right. His six years, he has the greatest stories. I should probably record them. But um, yeah, you yeah. should definitely yeah. mm-hmm. get him down. So, so you're in this, this, uh, well, let's just call it magical for lack of a, a more accurate term, uh, magical <laughs> youth. Sure. And you're, it was you're listening to motivational speakers and you say, and what in you goes, this is funny or, or, or what is the, is the light that draws you like a moth? I will tell you that the closest I can, the first time I realized that I wanted to remember and possibly create comedy i was watching an episode of mash and it was a later episode so it wasn't even the early great episodes charles the the character charles right said something and it was so sarcastic but it was it was it was perfect right Uh and and i was sitting there and i said out loud i gotta remember that line and uh and my dad said why would you need to remember that line which is ironic since when uh, I started doing stand-up comedy, I listened to, he and my stepmother had some comedy albums that I never listened to from the 60s. And I listened to them and they were a bunch of storytelling comics, Jewish storytelling comics from the 60s. And my father had cannibalized at least three or four stories, had stolen the material. <laughs> literally, literally ripped off Myron Cohen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I called him on it and he goes, it's not stealing. I'm a salesman. I'm not a comic. You're not supposed to steal jokes. And I was like, uh, you are not wrong. And, uh, I've spent my, I've spent like every seven, every seven sentences I say to my father is you're not wrong. And (laughs) sure. Well, that many years with the Marines, you you learn how to hammer out truth. (laughs) He, um, he, well, my favorite thing that just happened was probably two months ago now. He calls, I talked to him, and he's 85, but he still sells, right? And he sold some awnings wow. to this funeral home for their basement windows. And I was like, basement windows? <laughs> on, why did they need awnings for the? And he goes, there were a bunch of kids trying to see bodies. Peek in, so they, sure. So peek in. So they wanted to cover that up. And I said, do they need? Did they need to buy awnings? And he goes, no. They could have bought shades, but I don't sell shades. 
Exactly. And I was like, tip of the cap. I'm telling you, are you. Not, you are not wrong, Elliot Cation. This guy's got a, a plaque at uh, Gatormson's Bowling Lanes in Kenosha, Wisconsin, right now. One of the greats. What's your Here's, dad's name? Elliot. Uh, Elliot Cation. Bam. Right on the wall. <laughs> I'll tell you. The weird one of the weirdest things about growing up in Wisconsin was that we Nancy bowled my stepmom. She bowled. She had a bowling league for a little while, but we never bowled. I took bowling in high school because, of course, it was offered and it was called <laughs> biking and bowling. And I was like, I thought it was like polo where I would bowl from the bike. But oh, no, from the bike. <laughs> but it was bike to the bowling alley. Bowl, bike back to school. Oh, Bikes man. not included. And so. But I will say, so when I went to college, I went to Madison and um, in in the go Badgers, go Badgers, fucking Bucky. And uh, so second year, uh, by the way, I desperately I went to Madison because I wanted to be in the band. That's the why. marching band. Yeah. And I auditioned for the marching band. And my brother was like, you can't be in the band. I got you a job. And I was like, oh, I want to be in the band. He was like, you want to make is, money? You don't want to make money. The Wisconsin Sophie's Choice. <laughs> <laughs> and so I sold T-shirts outside the stadium. Oh, I, wow. I've, nev- I've never seen a game. Wow. I know. I said they That's were fucking crazy. Fucking Bucky T-shirts. And they were to uh, this day. Wisconsin. You've, you've never yeah. seen a game. Yeah, we well, got to I mean, get you to Camp Randall. I know it. I know it. And uh, but the. But I did. I do have a, ba- a band cap. Uh, I have a baseball cap that says Wisconsin uh, University of Wisconsin band with Mike LaCrone's signature on it. Oh, wow. Incidentally, yeah, which, folks listening. Yeah. This is actually a direct line. This is very direct Wisconsin storytelling. We are getting to how Jackie Cation gets. In the <laughs> this is just uh, this is actually uh, this is actually not a lot of tangents for Wisconsin no. picnic storytelling. Right. And then we went to four, five and six over in Grand Park. Anyway, so uh, here's the scoop, folks, is uh, I'm in Madison, second year of college. Um, there's a comedy club opens up and I don't know who says let's go, but we go. And I'm sitting <laughs> and by then I have, I am already embraced my drinking problem. Right. So uh, sure. I was weaned on Pabst and Ho-Ho's. So, but once you go to college, so I'm sitting right against the stage, right. I'm in the uh-huh. two top right here. I don't right. even remember who I was with, but whatever it was, I, I was so excited. The comic was not having a great set. It was Okay. And when I tell you at the end of this who it was, you're going to be surprised. But uh, uh, so I heckled him because I was hammered because I had not been out. What I had been told is that when you go to a theater event, (laughs) my stepmother had said, you know, when you're sitting at a table and there's waitstaff and and they're just bringing you drinks, you tip every time. Instead of at the end of the night with a tap. So right. I, I was getting so you're shots and beers. Money. I'm losing money. The wait staff is on me because I am like, I do the sure. shot. I drink my sure. beer. As soon as my beer is done, she's like, oh, is there another dollar in this for me? Allow me to come I'll back. take station two. No, I got station two. <laughs> so I'm just hammered. And the guy is having a good one. So I just, I'm yelling. I end up yelling stuff. Oh, I great. It is. I was. I. It is an indictment against anyone who heckles me. It is a horrible experience, and so because I'm the kind of heckler that a thinks I'm helping. Sure. I'm just what, yelling. What heckler doesn't. I'm, yeah. Right. I'm just yelling drunk, stuff. I'm drunk. Nothing's quite making sense. And I'm a woman, 
So even if you're a woman comic and the woman is heckling you, the audience, for some reason, is on the side of the heckler. <laughs> it's very weird. And uh, so um, and the the one line that landed, I think, was and which encouraged me to continue. The only one that was lucid was the guy said that he was from Peoria. And I and then the, and his timing was slightly off. And so there was this beat and I said in that beat, I'm sorry, which is the dumbest, you know, it's just, but in the sure. moment it got a laugh. Right. And so yeah. all of a sudden it's like heroin. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. Oh, wow. And so then I won't shut up. I will oh, not shut up God. until finally the manager comes over and he goes, you have to shut up. You have to <laughs> shut up. There is an open mic on Sunday. So shut come up, to that. come to that. And so three weeks later, Stone Cold wow. Sober, I came back and I did open mic and I got a 1.8 that semester, Jeff Cesario. <laughs> well, that, hey, that's flying. Because <laughs> I, I, I did stand a, up every night for eight months. That's brilliant. What until a great the club story. Burned down. Yeah. And, and who, who did I heckle? Who did I heckle? Oh, yeah. Sam Kinison. Holy shit. <laughs> the club that's was owned by his, Yeah. That's not a guy who's who I would who pops to mind when I hear his timing was a little off. Right. Right. So this he, must have been it, 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 he's chopping wood in local clubs before he even gets to L.A. Well, my guess or, or it was, this was in 84. Right. So it's it's probably six months before he does Letterman and Letterman's on the floor. He's doing the Ethiopian joke and then Letterman's wow. on the floor. So. um he is, he just has a bad night. He wow. just has an off night. And part of it is the Coke and the drugs and the, sure. you know, and all the things he's there with Freddie Asparagus and Carl above. Yeah. And sure. um, he's got his posse with him. He's got his posse with him. So he's oh, successful, man. but he is not yet huge. He has not yet blown up. Wow. And as soon as he does yeah. Letterman, he blows up and the club is owned by Bill Kinison. Um, sure. Yeah. And it I burns didn't know he down spent time in Madison. Well, they had this club. The club burned down. Gus, the guy who owned the who owns the street, I talked to him about this a couple of years ago. Um, in Madison, street. <laughs> Gus owns all of State Street now. But at the time, he owned like a fourth of State Street. Gus currently owns all of State Street. Wow. Um, yeah, things are going well for Gus and uh, and his daughters who are. And you know really what's you know what you know what was the impetus for that. Hmm. insurance money he got from burning down the club <laughs> well he that's what gus told me he said i didn't get a dime bill got all the money oh, and man. and uh uh and i i whatever i tell the story I, and i'm not talking to a comic who knows right uh i usually say luckily the place was insured and then i just let it sit there <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I, I usually get I get nothing. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> Interestingly and, uh, enough, they, they had a life insurance policy out on the club as well. <laughs> they went full. They also line. had right, right. Pet insurance, everything. They lost a cat. No, I don't know. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. the But it was such a. But those eight months of me doing stand up every single night, I still have. And it's only the Xerox. I, uh, I did that. I cashed the check. I have Bill Kinison's original check that he gave me. That's for priceless. Ten, for, That's for a ten, great for 10 bucks. Great thing to hang on a wall. That's perfect. So you get your juices flown. You Better get than rolling, that. Yeah. Go ahead. And now you lay in underneath it 
uh, this sort of classic Wisconsin work ethic, which we've already talked about, which is a chip on the shoulder, be great work ethic, and then see this weird, how can I make this even more difficult as sort of a Catholic punishment for enjoying <laughs> what I'm doing. You lay that all out and now you really are doing an unbelievable amount of stuff. You've been on, you like rode through COVID. You're like, all right, let me go to a place where people are naturally six feet apart. South Dakota, <laughs> book me nine rooms there. How I didn't, I didn't work. I didn't work. Uh, I didn't work the road during lockdown. 16 months I was home, which I have never been home 16 months in 40 years. I have not been Still home. married? Still married. Turns out I like this guy. And wow. uh, it's kind what of What are the great. odds? I could not have called it. I don't know that anyone could have called it. And, I don't uh, think the priest called it. <laughs> and, but I will say we did add um, a little room onto our garage, which we call the room of requirement because we're nerds. <laughs> and, um, and so that's where I did Zoom shows on this very laptop. Oh, and wow. I did at least four or five because I was set to record my new album and my new special right when we went into lockdown. Oh, and so we had to push it. We had to push it. We pushed it, I think, twice. And then I ended up filming it in July of 21. And um, where did you film it? Acme Comedy Company. Oh, my great. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where I did mine. Yeah, yeah, Minneapolis. And so but I did Zoom shows and I helped Acme actually set up Zoom shows for for them. Right. And, right. And, and, and we just did Zoom shows just to generate revenue when they were in full lockdown and then when they were, then they could open with like 25 people, they would push the show to zoom because they right. have the greatest setup. They have the greatest video setup. Sure. So and you're they, the key to this. You were, well, you I was were a the, helper. I was a helper. Svengali. Yeah. Let's be honest. Give yourself more credit than that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like I think of myself as a meddler, but I think that I did good work. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> every meddler does. <laughs> <laughs> right. Though my mother, my stepmother would always say, don't help unless you're asked, but when you're asked, do it right. So, uh, which is a classic Wisconsin statement. That, that really is. That and wash, wipe, and put away, live to eat another day. So she was like, please wash your dishes. And wow. hey, folks, that tip brought to you by Stripper Pole, the fishing rod that'll make them dance right into the boat. And of course, <laughs> zigzag zip cream. Your zits will never see it coming. Serpentine with zigzag zip cream. Back to you guys. All right. So you're, you're, you're cooking it down. You're doing live shows. You're doing podcasts. How do you meet Lori Kilmartin? Cause that seems like we a match. never met. We ne weirdly enough, you... she we're the ex almost exactly the same age, but we had parallel careers except for she also went into writing. Um, uh, Cause she came up in the Bay area, San Francisco. And I came up in the Midwest and all of my road stuff stopped at Colorado, all of my one nighter stuff. Denver, sure. yeah. yeah, and then uh, Wits End, not even Denver, <laughs> and then and then so stopped wow. in Indiana on the other side, and so that and then I went south of there, but that was it. And then then I would occasionally fly to New York and try to get sets, but uh, never came to L.A. So moved to L.A. She was in New York. We met the first time, which we bar both barely remember when I did Tough Crowd. She, that was her first writing gig was writing oh, on Tough Crowd wow. with Colin Quinn. Yeah. And then that was like walking into the middle of somebody else's family fight. 
that I that did that show twice. Description. Yeah. Yes. Because I always said, I, I just want to come in and do my seven jokes. I don't really want to insult anybody because I don't really know you folks that well. Because <laughs> they would be, because Colin would do that opening mm-hmm. monologue. Colin Quinn hosted it and had a lot of great New York comics on it. But it would go like this. All right, uh, peace in the Middle East. It'll never happen. We're going to examine this and that. Uh, well, what do you think the Jews' responsibility is for this? And then Craig Robinson or somebody go, fuck you. Right, <laughs> and the horse right. you rode in on. Right, right. And I don't like your though. shirt. And yeah, then yeah. bam. And then they're just, they're just beating each other up. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah. It was like paintball. <laughs> right. It was like the worst experiences in green rooms of the last 40 years where you're just like, I've just ball busted you. You don't want to sit on my face. Don't sit on my face. And uh, I'm like, I don't want to discuss this. Can we not do this? And they're like, well, what do you yeah. want to do? And I was like, I don't know. It's three in the morning. Let's go to breakfast. And uh, are you kidding me? So, yeah. yeah, but this was on air on yes. Comedy Central. Right. And they all knew each other. You're right. I mean, one of my favorite lines was, I think, Lampanelli, who I mean, they were all trying to be the biggest fucking pill in the world. And Lampanelli <laughs> says to Rich Voss. I love how you're pro- you're pretending not to be a 60 year old guy who's whitens his teeth or something. I I forget what it was, but it was like it was brutal and it was surgical. And you were like, oh, you guys know, know each other. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it'd be like me making fun of Maria Bamford. I could do it. Yeah, uh, she would collapse into a puddle. It's not you know, it's not going <laughs> to she could do it to me. And I would be like, why are you hitting me? Anyway, but that I mean, that's like that's Colin and Keith Robinson and Norton yeah. and all and Geraldo yeah. and Geraldo. Geraldo was the sanest of the lot. And that guy died. So <laughs> you're like, I was like, why yeah. do you hang out with those guys? He's like, oh, they're funny. And I was like, yes. Okay. You're funny, Geraldo. Anyway, so. Yeah. So you meet Kilmartin there? I meet her very briefly. She moves here. We run into each other. A little bit, and uh, at the improv, and then out of the blue, she's like, "Do you want um, me and Kathleen Madigan, who I had also never met, and Kathleen Madigan's from St. Louis, right? And also right. almost my exact age, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. um, so, but huge, like theaters and stuff, right? So, um, just better at the business, as far as I could tell." <laughs> When I met Kathleen Madigan, it was last comic standing and she was uh, judging. She was judging. And right. um, and she came up to me after my set and she said, tell me you are making at least five thousand dollars a week doing the road. And I said, no. Is there anything you could do about that? She was like, <laughs> I promise you, I will try. And uh, and she did. And it, it didn't. Yeah. Happen, but uh, but I am up. Numbers are up. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they're trending. They're trending so, in the right direction, as they say. Right. So Kill Martin calls me and she's like, hey, uh, me and Madigan, both uh, giant Irish Catholics with a Kennedy obsession. We both want to do the Dork Forest. Can we do it together? And I was like, sure, come on over. So there's a oh. Dork Forest with me, Kathleen Madigan and Lori Kilmartin talking about the Kennedys and me learning about the Kennedys. Brilliant. And then it was amazing. Wow. So years later, because I think that was in like 2012, whatever. But wow. years later, f- five, six years ago now. Um, Kilmartin is friends with Rontowski, Karen Rontowski. Uh, 
who's another great comic, almost exactly my age, and Paranormal All Karen. All the great ones are. Yeah. Apparently. Exactly, apparently almost right, exactly right? your age. Almost exactly my age, except for those who are slightly older who are also great. Last night, I ran into Kathleen Madigan and Wendy Liebman. Wow. And I was I love like. both of them. That's my that's, wheelhouse. Came up is, with both of them. Right. And they're epic. They're just like up yeah. there. It's like it's like watching an NFL guy just play catch to see them at the Yoohoo room at Flappers. You know, you're just like you're just watching. It's like, oh, I like I once went to a, a, a I saw Martina Navratilova and Chrissy Everett play play a, a friendly match of tennis. Uh-huh. And it was like it was the weirdest experience because I was like, they're amazing. And they're literally phoning it in. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. Uh, so it was like that. But um, so Kilmartin six years ago says to me, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And I'm like, you did my podcast. I have a podcast. It's called The Dwarf Forest. <laughs> I've been doing it since 2006. And she was like, no, I know. But you want to do it. You know how like there's a lot of podcasts where a couple of middle aged white dudes talk about stand up <laughs> comedy. And I was like. Yes. And she's like, do you want to be middle-aged white ladies who talk about stand-up comedy? And I was like, with you? Sure. And so we talk about wow. stand-up comedy. That's one hour. Great. One hour. That is it. I listened to her uh, bitch about how she should be more successful and try to explain to her that she's eminently successful. She's it's right. all working out. Uh, she's got, I believe she's even got a pension one day. So uh, it's all yeah. going to be fine. So it's all working out is it would would be a great title for something. I'm not sure <laughs> if it's an album or not, but I like I like it's all. Work. Hey, guys, you know, uh, speaking of the Irish uh, that uh, brought to you by River Glance, the Irish dance sensation where only their eyes move. And of course, <laughs> acetaminophen blow the aspirin right into your face with acetaminophen. <laughs> Back to you guys. Listen, oh we're, we're basically out of time. I don't want to, we, we have to do this again just because okay, we're, we're only halfway through the, uh, the Kill Martin experience. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fine. Just go to the, you can, uh, if you have, I, yeah, I, we should, we should, we'll do a semaphore version of this and I'll put, I'll put that up online. <laughs> exactly. And you can finish the kill Martin story. Uh, listen, nothing funnier uh, than Jackie Cation. Follow her on Twitter at Jackie Cation. Give us some upcoming dates. What's what, where are you uh, working? What are you doing? Where, and how do we find the podcast? Okay. Well, if you go to Jackie which also I bought the URL family pet ancestry.com. It just leads you to Jackie Cause it made me laugh. Wow. Family pet ancestry. It's sponsored by family pet ancestry.com. Do you want to know if your cat came over on the Mayflower? <laughs> Is your dog eligible to join the dogs of the American revolution? Go to family pet ancestry.com. And you can check out my uh, results. Of familypetanstry.com, not guaranteed. <laughs> uh, you get a hundred dollars worth of a hundred dollars worth of DNA. So uh, your DNA test is worth exactly what you pay for. Oh, the um, I found out I was white. Anyway, so um, so yeah, Jake Milwaukee. I can guarantee that. It has both podcasts. It has a bunch of clips of of like Conan, and I just did late late yeah. show with James Corden. It has here. Right. It has all those clips. If you want to see what kind of comedy I do, feel free to find out before you come and see me. I'm opening my next gig on the road, actually, is East Coast. I'm opening for Brian Regan. Oh, that's fantastic. uh, In New Hampshire and Massachusetts and New Jersey. So those are great gigs. Yeah. I love opening for Brian. 
and then after that myself a couple of times yeah it's neat right and well you get to see brian regan that's why i do it i was like (laughs) oh do i get to watch you for an hour then i'm in and uh and then he's also very generous but uh so uh the the other than that i have a bunch of you know, I just booked Portland. I'm doing uh, Fort Collins. I'm doing uh, Minneapolis on my birthday week in July. And wow. um, fun. And then I'm uh, yeah, I'm hoping to book some other stuff because I need some work. My mother is well, moving in, Jeff. Oh, that is something I believe you may have mentioned. Uh, on the Jackie that obliterated a previous booking. I believe you said you, you I don't know. casually mentioned it. And I said, well, there's nine weeks <laughs> that shot, not only shot, but someone may get shot. From that. I, that's, well, I, uh, not an easy transition as much as, and I love my mother-in-law, but I was like, I said to Andy, I was like, did you want me to cancel this gig to help you? And he goes, no, no, you may become the primary breadwinner. Please go on the road. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh. well, twist my arm go on the road yeah. green light so listen go to jackiecation.com uh look up a club near you and go it's eminently worth it and if she's opening for brian regan out in uh new hampshire and new england uh go see it ridiculously uh, great night jackie cation everybody thank you so much uh just amazing uh and uh really if you get a chance go see her uh follow me on twitter at Real Jeff Cesario, my album, What Was I Thinking, also recorded at Acme in Minneapolis, uh, streaming everywhere. Play with pain mugs up at jeffcesario.com. Grab one of those. Father's Day coming right around the corner. Perfect gift for Father's Day because it's not a lot of money and it's not a lot of effort. And that's what dad's like. <laughs> uh, look for me soon on the road. I'm actually starting to book stuff now. Uh, so check my site, uh, jeffcesario.com for that. Chet? What do you got cooking? This weekend, I'll be in Mount McCracken, Wyoming, again, calling the 14th annual Drunk Giant Slalom for Skilarius.com. First one down the hill wins. Dead or alive, this is the special slush edition of Drunk Giant Slalom, sponsored by Tempurapedic, the lightly fried adjustable mattress, and my pillow case. Make any pillow your pillow with my pillow case. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.